A reading from the Book of Wisdom. The souls of the just are in the hand of God, and no torment shall touch them. They seemed, in the view of the foolish, to be dead, and their passing away was thought an affliction, and their going forth from us utter destruction. But they are in peace, for if before men indeed they be punished, yet is their hope full of immortality. Chastised a little, they shall be greatly blessed, because God tried them and found them worthy of himself. As gold in the furnace, he proved them, and as sacrificial offerings, he took them to himself. In the time of their visitation, they shall shine and shall dart out about as sparks through stubble. They shall judge nations and rule over peoples and the Lord shall be their king forever. Those who trust in him shall understand truth, and the faithful shall abide with him in love, because grace and mercy are with his holy ones, and his care is with his elect. The word of the Lord. He guides me in right paths for his name's sake. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. In verdant pastures he gives me repose. Beside restful waters he leads me. He refreshes my soul. He guides me in right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk in the dark valley, I fear no evil. For you are at my side, with your rod and your staff that give me courage. You spread the table before me in the sight of my foes. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Only goodness and kindness follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord for years to come. Dominus Fobisco. 
Lexio Sancti Evangelii Secundum Ioannem. Jesus said to his disciples, All that the Father gives me shall come to me. No one who comes will I ever reject. Because it is not to do my own will that I have come down from heaven, but to do the will of him who sent me. It is the will of him who sent me that I should lose nothing of what he has given me, rather that I should raise it up on the last day. Indeed, this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks upon the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life. Him I will raise up on the last day. Verbum Domini. If you don't get the daily emails from the National Catholic Register, our newspaper, I highly recommend you sign up because there are always some inspiring articles relevant to what the church is celebrating. And two recent ones I want to refer to by Joseph Pronishen, one of our writers, have to do with what we today are, are remembering, the holy souls in purgatory. And we call them holy because they are saved just as the saints in heaven are saved. And yet it is, as Susan Tassoni calls it, it's a masterpiece of God's mercy that they are in God's grace, they are saved, they are holy souls, and yet there is a need to be purified, to be purified of some wounds that have been inflicted through sins committed in this life, and yet they are on their way. They know their ultimate destiny, destination, is going to be heaven. And so the first article that he wrote that I want to refer to is about new initiatives in the Archdiocese of Detroit, Michigan. And so it was a year ago that Susan Tassoni was actually giving a conference at Sacred Heart Seminary there on purgatory, uh, the forgotten church or the forgotten uh, doc doctrine. And it was the uh, vicar and uh, Father Day who was there, the vicar for the diocese, who felt inspired to begin something in the diocese, which Archbishop Vigneron supported, a new confraternity for holy souls. And so last November, on the feast or the memorial of the holy souls, that he inaugurated and he encouraged people to be part of this confraternity for holy souls, praying especially for holy souls. And so they would meet monthly to pray specifically for holy souls, but also when they're able to, to attend Catholic funerals, to pray on their own 
for the blessed repose of the souls of the faithful departed. And his desire, as Archbishop Vinyaran put together in his own letter, was that every soul in the archdiocese would have someone praying for them when they die. That's a good initiative. That's a good desire, that there'd always be prayers. Don't you want that? I want that. And so that's what a blessing in being a religious. Our constitutions say that our last offering is to be the offering of our death. I think that's a beautiful sentiment that we want to have even right now, that the last offering we're going to make to God is the offering of our dying and of our death. And there are going to be masses by my community offered for the blessed repose of my soul. That's a great comfort to know that. So this um, confraternity for holy souls, this past November 2nd, Archbishop Venuron officially uh, had a mass at a cemetery in which he officially commissioned the members of this holy confraternity. And they have on their website, and you can go to it. I also recommend EWTN if you go to, if you just search EWTN Holy Souls, we have a page there which just has a lot of wonderful, clear teachings on the dogma of purgatory and prayers that we can pray for the blessed repose of the souls of those who have died. But also I visited this morning the Archdiocese's um, site for the Holy Souls for this confraternity. It's AOD, Archdiocese of Detroit, aod.org slash holy souls. And they have there a PowerPoint presentation that you can download and that you can look at, which they have a lot of good information there, just as we do. And on there, there was a couple of recommendations I thought were really uh, good recommendations for us to implement, especially from November 1st to November 8th, is a special time to especially visit a cemetery. And one of the recommendations that they make is that you visit a cemetery, <clears throat> and on your rosary beads, you play, pray that traditional prayer for all of the holy souls there. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord, and let perpetual light shine upon them. May the souls of all the faithful departed through the mercy of God rest in peace. Or you may want to pray a divine mercy chaplet or a rosary while you're walking through the cemetery and praying for the holy souls. So that's a wonderful initiative. And then another article that Joseph Pronishin wrote had to do with a new children's book. And you've probably seen this on EWTN. We've been promoting it. And I talked actually to Susan to Sony at length about this book that she's really excited about for children. And it's especially for children six to 10 years old, but I like it too. You know, and they have, they also have, she has in here a page for grown-ups, and it's two pages, and it's a nice little summary that you have of the teaching on the holy souls. But I like something that she has in here. There's a lot of interesting things that children would enjoy. How she talks about that 
our purification, she calls it an, the, an inner burning, which is a spiritual fever for the love of God. So I looked up, well, what is a fever? You know, when we have a fever just on a natural level, and I went to a, the Cleveland Clinic's uh, website, and they had an article about what is a fever. And a fever is that when your body temperature rises because it recognizes there's a virus in there, and it rises to make it a very a bad place for a virus to grow and to thrive. That's why you, your temperature rises. And as it says, it tries to cook the virus out of you. <laughs> So I thought, for Susan to call this a spiritual fever, that it is this burning love of God that is purifying us of any attachment to sin, the wounds that our sins have inflicted upon us. We're saved, we're living in God's grace, and yet there is this need for this purification, this cleansing, this perfection before we can enter into the fullness of God's light. And here's how Susan uh, speaks of it in her page for grown-ups. Purgatory is an inner burning, a spiritual fever for the love of God. The souls in purgatory have seen God in all his glory, but are not yet able to be with him. It's God's burning love, his longing for souls that creates their longing for him. They burn for love of God and have an unquenchable thirst, an unspeakable yearning for him. They are heartsick for him because he is the fulfillment of all of their desires. So this is how we can understand it, this longing, this burning, this yearning for God. And yet it is said of those souls that they know their need to be cleansed. They know and want to be there so that they can be cleansed and freed from that so they can enter into that fullness of life with God. And there is this bond of charity that we have. The souls in glory, the saints, the souls suffering in purgatory, and the souls on earth, the church militant, that there is this bond of union that we have in Christ, this bond of charity. We remain in Christ. The souls in glory, the souls that are suffering, we here on earth, what unites us is the love of Christ. And so we're able to assist one another, the saints to assist us through their intercession. We're able to assist those souls in uh, purgatory and their own need for purification. And in this book, you know, Susan talks about, she has this, these twins, a boy and a girl, and they have an elderly couple that they befriend, and so they learn how to be forever friends. That when we pray for these holy souls, when we assist them to the light of glory, they never forget that. And they assist us with their prayers. They become our forever friends in heaven forever. And the catechism even speaks about this reality that our prayers for them make their intercession for us effective. 
Now, just a couple of other words here. And this, this is especially a quote that I like of St. Therese. So when we think about, well, yes, purgatory is a masterpiece of God's mercy. and We want to pray for the holy souls. We want to remember them in our prayers, especially during this month of November. But how can we undergo our purification here and now? Well, I love this quote of St. Therese. She says, how would God purify in the flames of purgatory souls consumed in the fires of divine love? So she's saying, if you're already burning with divine love in your life, that's already accomplishing your purification here on earth. You're already burning with the love of God, and that's cleansing you, it's purifying you here on earth. And the Catechism gives us also helpful advice, too, on how we can avoid purgatory. We can be those people that are on fire with the love of God. This is number 1473. While patiently suffering, while patiently bearing sufferings and trials of all kinds, so being patient, and the sufferings that mark all of our lives, the trials that mark all of our lives, being patient. And when the day comes, serenely facing death, and often, I believe, that very dying process, that that's a part of our purification. It's part of our cleansing. It can be our last offering, as I've already said. Patiently bearing sufferings and trials of all kinds, and when the day comes serenely facing death, the Christian must strive to accept this temporal punishment of sin as a grace. He should strive by works of mercy and charity. And a spiritual work of mercy is praying for the living and the dead. Archbishop Vigneron, in his letter regarding the confraternity, he said that Christian life is based on love. And one of the ways that we love is by praying for both the living and for the dead. This is a work of mercy. He should strive by works of mercy and charity. Of course, that means corporal works as well. As well as by prayer and the various practices of penance to put off completely the old, the old man and put on the new man. So it's not a fearful doctrine, as Susan points out, but rather it's a masterpiece of his mercy that these are holy souls. They are saved, just as the saints in glory are saved. Their final destination is heaven. And yet in this masterpiece of God's mercy, with this spiritual fever, if you will, they're being cleansed. They're being healed. They're being made ready for that life of glory. So during this life, let us practice these uh, works of mercy, praying for both the living and for the dead. And let us strive, as St. Therese puts it, to be already burning with the love of God. That's going to lead to our own purification.
and our readiness for heaven.